0: Hail and well met. Welcome to another edition of Self Evident. My name is Jenna and today our episode contains a segment of Kenna and I on the Good Word radio program that is hosted by Paul Scott. So in this edition, you are going to hear Kenna and I talk about what John Piper has said about drinking coffee in church. Yes, very bizarre, specific topic, I know. But it's actually quite interesting. It sparks a very interesting conversation. And later on in the program, we talk about a study done that shows what conservatives, or rather Christians, always knew. I hope you enjoy.
1: 7-Eleven here on the good word, on the word WPEO, FM 98.3 in Bloomington and Champaign, FM 97.7 and 103.9 in the Peoria area, and then on the AM dial for all of central Illinois, and WPEO.com for all the places there's internet. And as well, Amazon Alexa and the TuneIn app, all great places and ways to listen to this program or any of the programs here on the word 24 hours a day on the FM and on the Internet as well. Uh, Unfortunately, the AM can't be on 24 hours, but we have all of those other ways so that you can get to us whenever you want. Uh it's Friday so that means we're having our weekly conversation with Kenna Rose and today Jenna Smith joins her on uh their part of the team for the Self Evident podcast. Uh, good morning ladies.
2: Good morning Paul. Good morning.
1: So um John Piper last everybody we all know who John Piper is. He's a very prominent pastor and theologian, uh founder of the uh his website which is I think Desiring God is the title of it and um, written a lot of books, very popular. He put a tweet out back in September that kind of set the Internet on fire. We didn't talk about it much because, well, I didn't care. And But <laughs> but today uh, it's it's come up again because he actually addressed it as part of his podcast. So it's making the rounds this time. And I thought, you know what, why not? Let's do this. And in his tweet, he said can we reassess whether Sunday coffee sipping in the sanctuary fits? And then he quoted Hebrews 12, 28, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. And I I have heard people make comments before, like, what are we doing here? And others were like, oh, come on, it's just coffee.
2: I was reading the article and... I was like, wow, this is actually a really good thought because he says um, lower down in the article on Desiring God, which is just a transcript of the podcast, Mm -hmm. that the heart of the matter is not coffee in the sanctuary. That's only a symptom. And there are lots of other symptoms of what I'm concerned about. The heart of the matter is the absence of an existential – existential. Oh, my goodness
1: existential that's all right i
2: can't read this morning ongoing terrifying shocking awe inspiring trembling mouth shutting comfortable safe satisfying encounter with the majesty and mercy of the great i am who i am so it it's a good question but are we being irreverent by how casual we've made sunday mornings
0: yeah and
2: I also wanted to point
0: out later on in his podcast, he does mention how you can be intimate with God in a very casual manner. You know, you can approach him in the middle of the night. He is here for you. But in that push to get Christians to understand that, because America, in when we were founded and leading up to this moment, we were all about how God is a God of you know, of wrath. He's one to be feared. He's one to be respected and admired. And so I think what is happening now in the modern day church is just kind of like a pushback at the other side of the pendulum swing from all of these Christians being raised as, um, oh, God is someone that you, he's always angry at you. Um, but this is just the other ditch on the other side of the road where, as Pastor John puts it, Worship has kind of morphed into a form of entertainment worship and nobody really understands what are you actually here for? Are you here to just feel good about yourself, be, you know, give God a high five and go home from there? No, you're, you're there to give God the first fruits of your week. You're there to worship him. So it was a really thought provoking article for me to read.
2: Yeah, because it, it really is. And I like what you said. Do we go to church to worship God? or Do we go to church to feel good? And I think our culture is so afraid of offending each other that when we go to church, it's more with the intent of feeling good and starting your week versus actually going to worship the Lord and hear a convicting sermon and things like that. And be held accountable
0: by the people in the congregation, because Hebrews 10, 25 tells us we're not supposed to neglect the gathering of the brethren, specifically because we we do tend to kind of fall off track when we're not held accountable to things. That's just how humans are. As Christians, we are supposed to hold each other accountable. And when we're in this atmosphere of, Daddy, God loves you, and, you know, you should just be here, just drink your coffee, go to the cafe, grab a donut. Um, talk about how wonderful your week was and how Johnny's soccer practice went and then just go home. No, you're supposed to be there to learn more about Christ, to give him glory and honor and then turn to your fellow brother. It's kind of like a huddle before a game and before you go out and make a play. You know, you come together, you go, okay, this is what the plan is for this week. Let's keep our eyes focused on Christ and now break. Mm
2: -hmm. And church isn't supposed to be about you which it's kind of, in a way, even though we're going and we're singing worship songs and we're hearing a sermon, in many ways it's very self-centered, focused. Like, here's how it applies for you. Here's how this is written specifically for, like, you. And in some ways, you do want to be convicted, and there are parts of the Bible that feel like it's written directly towards where you are at the moment, but really the point is to get our eyes on Christ.
1: And and Piper said that in his... Yeah. You know, he's like, look, the coffee is really not that big a deal. And Mm -hmm. but he he was what (laughs) what he I know what he was trying to do was just get people to think, you know, about their reverence as as they walk into the sanctuary in the morning and as they conduct, you know, themselves. You know, there was a um, I'm going to take us to the um, uh, back to the Old Testament very quickly. Aaron had a couple of sons. Mm-hmm. They were um, and and I want to make sure. And I've I've uh, I'm trying to flip through <laughs> my my Old Testament very very quickly. Um, and but when God gave directions to the children of Israel about how they were to approach Him in worship, or maybe it was Samuel's sons. Uh, see, suddenly I'm drawing a blank here. They they did it wrong right god had given specific instructions on how the people were to approach him they were like nah, let's do it our way and they died for it and the scripture god was very clear that i have given directions and that it, yes. and they are to be followed which is not to i it don't is, you know i'm not saying that yes, coming yes. into worship on sunday morning is a life or death thing but at the same time yes re- reverence
0: you also got to keep in mind why are you going to worship well what did christ do for you he literally put everything. He dropped everything. He came down and he became man for us. He he was crucified for us. And the least we can do is offer him the first fruits wholeheartedly at the beginning of the week, every Sunday.
1: Do I care about the coffee? No, I don't. I I really don't. I I have carried it in with me on a Sunday morning. I've also taken in water. I don't know. I I, I don't it doesn't bother me, but yes, the I think our attitude That we take into with us, but I did receive um, a a humorous text uh, from. Oh boy, they are coming in this morning. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu. That's what I thought, but then I'm trying to uh, scan through on my phone real quickly. It was,
0: it was also Eli's sons as well, because if you remember, that's why Samuel became the next priest.
1: Yeah, they their circumstances that they died in was a little bit differently. That's correct. Um, they they were serving, but it was Aaron's sons. They did have a Bible the first time they go to do it, they offered a pro, what the Bible calls a profane fire. This is mm-hmm. not the way you are supposed to approach me, mm-hmm. and so God struck them dead right right there and as an example yeah. to ev- to the rest of us. Um but another another text was, hey, if we're getting rid of coffee, let's get rid of padded pews and but like projected <laughs> stuff and just sing out of hymns. So we're
0: going to we're going to bring back the church sticks as well, <laughs> where people stand in the back with the sticks and whack people if they start dozing off.
1: Um, <laughs> I oh, man, I, I don't remember those days, but I, I don't even want to open that door well, right now. So <laughs>
2: there are in the history books. <laughs>
1: But there was a piece of secular research from the Gallup organization that came out, it actually came out a week ago. But I saw it, I flagged it, and then I dug into it more this week. And essentially, it, it confirms what a lot of other research has said. But this time, Gallup conducted their own survey of over 6,000 parents and teens. And it was on what makes for um, teens, what, it, what is it about teenagers that have so-called good mental health? we are in the middle of a mental health crisis among young mm-hmm. people today that's going on and so Gallup's like well hey what why isn't everybody in bad shape let's find out what the the young people who have so called good mental health have in common and the thing that they had in common the high the very high correlation was their parents and the the parenting style that mom and dad believed in and used and and their values and i pass that on to you and now i want to hear what your reaction is
2: it doesn't surprise me at all conservative parents are more likely to bring up a child in a biblical sense and with discipline enforcing responsibility and like setting boundaries and not pushing the transgender lgbtq stuff Whereas if you have a more liberal mindset, the idea that parents are supposed to be over their kids is not something they would adhere to.
1: And and that was the conclusion of the study was that mm-hmm. cons- parents who are conservatives in and not just not just politically but religiously, um, it, it, you know, doing things the way that history has shown us works, right? That, I would mm-hmm. say that is what a conservative is, and not trying to reinvent what isn't broken. Um, yes. Right.
0: One of the authors of the study actually was on Fox News, and he was explaining that parents who set boundaries, establish routines, convey warmth and affection and enforce rules effectively report a less contentious relationship with their child than parents who do not do these things. And this relationship is actually recognized by that child to be stronger and more loving. So it really does convey the importance of um you know, establishing that you're the parent in the relationship and you're not the child's friend. Mm -hmm. You're their authority. And especially nowadays, I don't know if you've seen the videos on social media where parents like millennials or even Gen Z parents who are announcing that they're raising their child as non-binary and their kid is going to choose their gender when they are able to make a decision, that they're not going to let their know, their child know if they're a boy or a girl. They're not going to teach them these things. They're going to let that child decide. And basically, you're just eradicating every sense of foundation or stabilization for this child. And um, the analogy best used to describe this is Um, and I'm sure we've all heard of this, is like kids in a playground. And if the playground isn't fenced in, kids Mm. do not feel safe to move outside of the playground. They don't feel safe to explore. Um, But when there is a fence put in place, the kids feel secure enough to go play. And that about wraps up our episode for today. And until next time, let us firmly rely on the protection of divine providence. Thank you for listening. And this is Self Evident.